0: So, for God so loved the world. So, how many of us have said John 3 16 so many times that we start to lose just like the power and the importance of this, this one verse? So this Easter, as we celebrate together, we want to go back into this verse and sort of dive into the depth and the power of the Bible passage. Because sometimes when we say it over and over again, we 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 start to lose that. So I love just looking at the words in a sense. So for God. When we read scripture, God reveals himself to us. So some of my favorite scriptures that, that I go to, to to understand a little bit more who God is are Isaiah 40, 28, where it says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. Or 1 Timothy 1, 17, Now the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Or Exodus 15, 11. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? Psalm 116, 5. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is compassionate. And then 1 first John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. There's so many more Bible verses that we can just spurt out or read that, that talk about who God is. And we get to learn a little snippet of, of this God that we worship together. Because this is great glimpse of who God is. He is holy and perfect. He is the ruler of all and over all. And he is gracious, righteous, compassionate, eternal. This is the God we love and serve. So back to the verse. For God. What about the world? In the beginning, God created the world, and it was good. And all it has and everything that, that we see today, God created. He created to have a relationship with him. He created us in his image, to have a relationship with him. It was awesome and wonderful, but then something happened. See, Adam and Eve went against God and, and brought sin into the mix. We see that Romans five twelve it says, Therefore, just as though one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. See when sin entered into the, uh, the picture, our relationship with God was broken, death came into the play, into play and destroyed the life and creation God has created. It tainted it. And we as humanity have, a, have all sinned against God and have broken our relationship with God. That's the world, but that's not the end. See in the middle, we see so loved. For God so loved the world. See, this God who is holy and perfect, this God who is light, who wants a relationship with the world, who has fallen into sin, death, and into darkness. Let that sink in for a second. This God who created everything, who is above all, who is ruler over all, has not given up on me, has not given up on you, because we we have sinned. He has done the opposite of giving up. He chooses to love me, and he chooses to do something to help me fix my relationship with him. This holy, awesome, perfect God wants a relationship with you and me. For God, who is holy and perfect, so loved a broken and imperfect people that live in the world. Wow, that's just a great message that we can celebrate the hope of Easter and, you know, what? God loves you, God loves me, God loves Keegan, <laughs> God loves us all. And we could stop there and just celebrate and praise in that, but we would miss so much if we didn't continue in John three sixteen. because we want to see how God fleshed out this love to bring us back to him.
1: That's right, Nick. It, it doesn't stop there. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We continue on with that verse. God loves Loved the world, as Nick said. He loved each and every one of us. He loved you. He loved me. He loved Nick. He he loved the grumpy old man down the road. He loves every single one of us, and he loves us so much that he willingly sent his son to the earth. Uh, Now, the the word that's uh, the original word that's used for love in this passage, in this verse, uh, it's translated from the Greek word. Agape. Now, I'm going to get a little geeky on you and I'm going to talk about some Greek, alright? Um, in, in Greek, original Greek that, um, that the Bible was written in, there are four, um, four words for love that are used. Uh, the first one is, is phileo, which is uh, a love that someone would have for a friend. Uh, that care and that compassion, that, that love that you have towards someone who is close to you, that you would see all the time, that you would consider a friend. Uh, then there's the other another one. It's called eros, which is uh, a more uh, Intimate love it would be kind of the, the love that a, uh, a husband and wife would have with each other Then there's storge, which is the it's a familial love or a community-type love the, the best way to describe it would be uh, a love that a parent would have for a child It's almost this this instinctual natural love that happens And that, that's storge and finally there is agape. Agape is unconditional and self-sacrificing love. It is is a love that's not just an emotion, it's not just uh, almost an instinctual feeling, but it is a, a love that is shown through this immense action and this immense willingness to do whatever it takes to show that person and to, to be there for whoever it is that they love. And that is the word that is used in this verse. For God so agape the world. He, he loved us so fiercely. He has a, such a, a strong and intense love for us that he is willing to suffer inconvenience, that he is willing to suffer discomfort and even death to benefit us. That is the love that God has for us. And he proved that by sending his son, his only son. Now, if you're a parent, you can, you can get a glimpse of how hard and difficult this would be to give up uh, really what is a piece of you, a part of you for somebody else. And that's what God did for us. He, he sent a part of himself to the earth for us. And so this agape, this unconditional self-sacrificing love, it is seen through that action of God giving and sending his son to this earth for us. But it didn't stop there. See, Jesus, uh, being the son of God, he continued to reflect this agape love throughout his ministry. See, Jesus, he came and he he healed people. And he he healed people who were sick. He healed the cripples. He healed people that were born blind, deaf, uh, people that couldn't speak. Uh, And he surrounded himself with people that would be considered the less desirable, the people that society pushed to the fringe and said, you are either useless, worthless, or for some reason, for some physical reason, You cannot be around us because you have leprosy. You have a disease. You have something wrong with you that we don't want you around us. And Jesus went to those people. He embraced them. He pulled them in. He said, I love you and I care about you. Let me heal you. Let let me make you whole again. And in doing this, he actually gave us direction. He showed us and pointed us to the Father. He pointed us to God each and every time. He, he would even claim that the, the authority that he's doing this through, the reason he is able to do this was because of God the Father. Matthew eleven twenty seven says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. See, Jesus was sent to us. He was given to us, given to the world, a sinful world, so that he could point us to God. He could show us who God was. He could show us the love that God has for us, but more importantly, so that he could be the way for us to have a personal relationship with God. See, when uh, when God created Adam and Eve, they were able to, to walk together in the garden. They were able to walk side by side because there was no sin. They had no sin. They were created in this perfection, and so they didn't have sin that would separate them from God. And so they had this close, personal relationship with him. But when they disobeyed, sin entered the world. And because Adam and Eve's disobedience, we were all born into this sin. We were all born separated and apart from God. And so for us to have a relationship with God again, for us to to have that personal relationship that we were created to have, there has to be something to remove that sin, something that has to be exchanged, because sin is a debt that we owe. And God saw this. He saw that we had a need for him, that uh, it was best for us to have this relationship with him, but he also knew that that could not happen unless sin was able to be removed from us, removed from our hearts, and he saw our need for a Savior, a permanent exchange for our sins. And because he loved each and every one of us, because he loved the world, he sent his Son for us. God loved us so fiercely and so unconditionally that he sent his Son to die on a cross, to live a perfect life, to show us the immense love that God has for us. And Jesus proved this, proved that love, by willingly sacrificing himself for us, by dying on the cross for our sins. See, the cost of sin, the payment for sin, is death. And Jesus chose to take our place. He willingly exchanged himself for us. He chose to be the permanent sacrifice for his blood to cover our sins so that we could have this relationship with the Father. How awesome is that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. For God so agape, so sacrificially and unconditionally loved the world that he sent the thing that was most precious to him, a part of himself, to be an exchange, so that instead of us dying, we could instead have life. See, this is the amazing message of Easter. Freedom from sin and new life through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yeah, what
0: great love, what great agape God has shown to the world. He gave Jesus Christ to bring us from death to life, just like Keegan said we can have freedom from sin and a new life through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But how? How can we receive this freedom from sin, this new life in Jesus Christ, this love, this agape that God has for the world? How can we do it? Well, let's continue on the dream or continue on John 3:16 and see what it says. That whoever believes in him. See, this hope that we celebrate on Easter in the works of Jesus Christ, this love from God, this fixed relationship is for everyone, for whoever believes in Jesus Christ. So what does believing in God look like? Well, it is trusting in what you believe to the extent that you do what God says to do. In simple terms, belief in God is not just only knowing the facts, but trusting truth in acting in truth. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's take a chair for an example. I'm sitting in a chair. Keegan's sitting in a chair. See, what do I believe about this chair I'm sitting in? I believe that the chair was created to hold me up when I sit in it. But would you say I truly believe that fact if I'd never sit in a chair? Would you say that if I just acknowledged existence and have a chair in my house, by never sat in it, would you say that I truly believe that it would hold me up? See, it is only true, genuine belief or what we call faith if I trust in the truth and take action, just like sitting in a chair. See, the same is with understanding of this, this part of the verse, that whoever believes in him, I love the passage Romans 10, 9 through 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. See, Paul is writing that believing in God is just more than just knowing the facts. It's more than just knowing that God exists, but it's doing something about the facts. It's putting your life in God's hands through prayer and trusting in him in the action to take your life and to make you whole again, to restore your relationship with him. So again, belief. We hear, or we read, or someone tells us about God in the Bible, and we believe he is real and exists, and that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, your sins, and that God raised him from the dead. That's what we celebrate in Easter. That's the belief. The trust. We trust that Jesus' sacrifice is enough, and that confessing with our mouth and believing in him is enough. For salvation, to save us, to restore us back to that relationship. We trust Jesus with our lives, with our whole self. Not just part of ourself, but our whole self. And then action. We act on this belief and trust by confessing our sins to God. Asking for forgiveness and strength to overcome these sins. And letting God fix our relationship with him. Letting God show us and guide us in our lives through his scriptures and truth. Now I'll say this about belief. See, the salvation, this belief from God is through faith alone and not done through works. It's not that I've done enough good things in my life to out overcome the bad things. It's not this 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 gift of salvation is not given to me based on a grade that I might get. It's not, oh, you got a C plus on following the Ten Commandments, you have received salvation. It is only putting our trust, our lives in God's hands and saying that we believe in him and his work on the cross. And when we trust and and act on this belief, we will see a a salvation, this, this restoring, this love, this agape from God. Teach me and fix my relationship with you. If you need examples of what this looks like, I love reading Acts 22, 1 through 21. It's it's Paul sharing his belief in God and and how he had belief, trust, and then how he acted on that. Or even ask another Christian you know about their belief in God and, and how they had belief, trust, and action. See, this is what belief in God looks like and what he calls us to do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son... That whoever believes in him, see, this gift of Jesus Christ was given to us because God loved us in our sin. He saw a need and he wanted to do something about it. And it is for anyone that trusts in Jesus Christ alone. See, this trust is seen through praying to God, asking for forgiveness of our sins, believing in Christ alone, and asking God to restore our relationship with him. So when we choose to believe in God, we will see his promise of bringing us back to himself come true, which is where we find ourselves in the conclusion of this verse.
1: That's so good, Nick. Oh, man, it's amazing. Yeah, let's, let's continue on with the rest of this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. As I said earlier, the, the punishment for sin and the result of sin, if we choose to live in it, is death. Not just a, a physical death, but a spiritual and eternal death. Uh, if you think about it, a, a point and a place of no hope and permanent separation from God. Uh, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. When we believe in God and we walk in, Walk that out through trust and faith, and the action that's involved. Just as Nick laid out for us, uh, we are given a promise that we shall not perish; that we will not experience that eternal death. We will not experience that eternal separation from God, because Jesus not only died on the sin not, on, not only died on the cross for our sins, but He arose from the grave on the third day. He rose again. He came back to life. Showing us he not only has this victory over sin, that he is able to remove this sin from our lives, but that he has victory over death as well. That he cannot succumb to it and that through Christ there is life. When we believe in Jesus, when we put our trust in him and we live our lives for him, we can be free from the grasp of sin and the permanency of death and instead Have eternal life in Christ Jesus. See, uh, a life that never ends and that is in the constant shine and glory and in the constant presence of God. That is the hope, the promise, and the truth of Easter because of Jesus' sacrifice and because of his resurrection. God saw the world was headed towards death, he saw that it was headed in a direction that was away from him and that had no chance of being able to come back to him. That it was headed to this eternal separation from him. And because of his love, his agape for us, he chose to sacrifice his son. He chose to, to give over what was most precious to him. So that through Jesus and through the victory that he has over sin and death by dying on the cross and rising again that we could have a personal relationship with him and that we could have life and life everlasting with God the Father in heaven. That is the love that God has for us. That is why we celebrate Easter. And that is why we want everyone to know who Jesus is and what he did for us. God wants the whole world to know him. He wants everyone to have a relationship with him through Jesus. It's true, or it's through Christ and through Christ alone that we can have life and life everlasting with God. But we have to be willing to give our lives over to him, not just believe in him, but trust him with everything and to choose to live a life following him, following his example and living a life fully obedient to God, sharing his truth with everyone. And I'm going to invite you, if you've not made a decision to, to accept Christ into your life, uh, but you know that God is pulling you in that direction, that he's pulling on your heart and you want to have that hope and that freedom that can only be found in him, we're going to say a prayer. And I want you to say it along with me. And after this service is over, I want you to get a hold of either Nick or I, and, or both of us, because we want to celebrate with you. We want to rejoice with you in this. It's an amazing decision that you don't want to keep to yourself, and you shouldn't keep to yourself, but it's something that you should be sharing with every person that you meet, with every person that you know. That when you give your life over to Christ, you are no longer bound by sin. You are no longer bound to death, but you are bound to Christ, and you have victory with him, and that victory gives us life and life everlasting. Mm -hmm. So you pray with me. Heavenly Father, each and every one of us are sinners. We have fallen short of your glory, God. We have lived a life that was separate and apart from you. And that is not what you want from us. That is not what you want for us, God. You want us to be in a relationship with you. And so, God... We pray that your son's sacrifice will cover our sins. That you forgive us, God, for the transgressions, for the things that we have done against you. And God, we we ask that you would enter into our hearts, that you would transform us, God, that you would change our hearts to be that of your heart, God. That you would remove the stain of sin from our lives and put your mark upon us, God. Your mark that says we are now free and that because of you we can have life. God, we pray this. And God, we, we pray for those of us that have already made this decision, those of us that are living this out, God, that you would constantly remind us that we need to be vigilant in sharing your truth with everyone. That we need to be celebrating your son's sacrifice each and every day, not just on Easter Sunday, but each and every day because each and every day we get to have life because of him. We get to walk free from sin because of your son. And that is worth celebrating. And that is worth sharing with every person that we know, God. And God, during this time, just ask that you would continue to, to give us strength and clarity throughout this time, through this, uh, through everything that is going on in our world and within uh, even our community, God, the unknowns, the uncertainty that even though we're not able to meet in person and celebrate together uh, as one big family, as one body of believers in one place, God, but that we are still the body of believers and that we can celebrate you and we can worship you anywhere and everywhere, God. And so we thank you for that. But God, I just ask that you'd help us be the light that is needed during this time, the light that is your light showing everyone who you are showing everyone your hope and your peace during this time god god we love you we pray this in your name amen amen guys thank you so much for joining us today for being a part of this service even though we are not together and even though you know what our churches right now may be empty so is the tomb. The Mm. tomb is empty. Jesus has risen. He has victory over death. And when we put our faith and our trust in him, so do we. So make sure during this time that you are sharing his love, that you are sharing his truth with everyone you can, and that you are pushing his hope throughout the world. We're going to close today with one more song, so we ask that you would join us with that. We love you. We'll talk to you next time. Amen.